0: Join the guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting MaxLawEvents.com.
1: You know, I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to understand that if you see somebody on the news organically, you know, just like the web, if you see somebody on the news organically, it's going to have a little bit more of an impact than seeing a TV commercial. So that's kind of where we've been putting our focus the past four years, and it's really paid off.
2: Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm
3: Tyson Mutrix. Jimmy, we have an incredible guest on the show today. She actually graciously spent two hours and 15 minutes on the phone with me on Friday, sort of going through one of the things we're going to talk about today, but I'm really, really excited about her.
2: Yeah, I am too, and and one of the reasons I'm excited about it is because, one, she's a listener to the show, and two, that this whole awareness of of Annika and the work that she's been doing with Chuck Boyk came about because of a question that William Eady asked on the Facebook group, so the the Facebook group has really gotten a lot of engagement lately and, and a lot of good sharing of ideas. It's becoming a little laboratory, and then it's great for us to pick up on things that people seem interested in and be able to turn it into a show.
3: Oh, absolutely. I agree. And it's one of those things where how I found Annika was through Larry Weinstein as a listener who also is engaged in mastermind experience and through our Facebook page as well. But that's how I had I got on a call with with them on Friday and we were just talking about a couple of the programs she was doing and it was She's really incredible, so I'm excited about it. But Anika it's Annika Godlewski. And do you want to introduce yourself and really who you are and what you do?
1: Sure. I'm the Director of Marketing and Communications for Chuck Boyk. We're based in Toledo, Ohio, which is like a mid-sized market, just about 45 minutes south of Detroit. So, yeah, I started working for Chuck in 2006. I took a little hiatus to go overseas and um, go back to school in 2010. And then uh, I came back to work for Chuck in 2013. So I've been here again for the past about four years. And ever since I came back, we really tried to focus on community marketing. The plan was, well, we had started a couple of the projects before, like around 2008, 2009, but we really tried to make a concerted effort this time around to do something different. And one of the big challenges that we have, that most personal injury attorneys, or or all attorneys rather, in Toledo have is there are these large mega firms in Cleveland, Columbus, uh, Detroit, Chicago, that pretend to have hometown local offices here. They flood the airwaves with tons of TV, tons of radio, um, you know, these multi-million dollar budgets. Well, we wanted, and they were kind of, you know, scooping up some of the clients. And we wanted to really point out to people that it's very, very important to have a hometown attorney. Um, much like it's important to buy locally. It's you know, important to have somebody who knows the area, knows the intersections, knows um, you know, the people that were involved in whatever catastrophic event is causing you the need to hire an attorney. So we figured that instead of trying to touch those huge marketing budgets, which, you know, even if we had the you know billions of dollars to spend, we wouldn't want to, we tried to figure out a way to really connect with people um, in our office, uh, connect with our current and past clients, connect with the community. And through those efforts, we've been able to garner quite a bit of media attention that, you know, I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to understand that if you see somebody on the news organically, you know, just like the web, if you see somebody on the news organically, it's going to have a little bit more of an impact than seeing a TV commercial. So that's kind of where we've been putting our focus the past four years, and it's really paid off.
2: How have you gone about doing that? How have you gone about getting that local media attention, Annika?
1: There's three different ways that we've primarily focused. The first being talking to our clients, asking our clients what we feel, what they think is, you know, interesting or important, or if there's any, you know, certain, I don't know, certain project or anything that they um, are are big advocates for. In doing so, you know, that's an an easy way to, to start is just really opening up that personal client communication. From there, it kind of gave us, I guess, kind of gave us the mindset to understand what people really worry about, Um, One of the questions that we ask our clients on on intake is, you know, what are your fears? What are you nervous about? Because in our minds, I mean, Chuck has been doing this for almost 35 years. And so what we see from a, a legal perspective isn't always the same as what our clients see from their own personal perspective. You know, even though we care about our clients and we do everything that we can to connect with them on a personal level, you know, at the end of the day, as a business owner, Chuck's worried about his bottom line. He's worried about the amount of money that he can get for this claim. Or for what you know, whatever claim. Well, the clients don't always think that way. And if you look at all of our reviews, I mean, you'll find very, very few of them that talk about money. They're worried about not being able to get back to work. They're worried about not being able to pay the bills at Christmas. They're worried about whether or not they can, you know, go bowling with their grandson on Thursday. So it's getting yourself into the mindset of trying to figure out what it is that is really, really important to them. And then once you start doing that, you kind of are able to pick up on other things that the community as a whole would appreciate understanding about. That being said, we every time we file a case that's particularly important or um, particularly impactful, we write a press release about it. We send it out to the local media. Well, actually, we've even branched out into the national media. We've gotten some national attention, but it's Hand feeding the media information that we think that would be important to others. Now the flip side is is those reporters are constantly looking for things to write about all the time. They're always in competition with the other stations, and they always need something to write about. So if we're sending them a press release that already has a quote included, it already has all the information. It might have a link to the file-stamped copy of the complaint that was just filed. You're making the job very easy for them. So that's kind of one of the ways that we started doing this, and I think maybe some of the listeners of of this podcast are going to think, well, the media doesn't even know me. I don't know the media. Like, there's no way that we're ever going to be able to get in front of them. We kind of thought that too. But, you know, the more you reach out, like, the more friendly people will be. Follow their Facebook pages, follow their Twitter feeds, you know, reach out to them. We've sent cookies, we've sent cupcakes, we've, you know, just gone out there and handshake. It's not, I think... A lot of us sort of get lost in, you know, a a solely exclusive digital world that is so meaningful when you take the time to invite somebody out to lunch or you take the time to like look them in the eye and actually shake their hand and smile and ask how their day is. It's very few and far between that we have those types of interactions now. So, I mean, just even getting out there would help. Uh, One thing that we did do probably three and a half years ago, I would say, we have these little key tags we give them to all of our clients. If your keys are lost, they can, you know, whoever finds your keys can call this 800 number. It's actually our phone number, you know, call this number to return these keys. There's a little individual reference tag number. I can share all the information of where we ordered them um, after the call, but we give them to all of our clients in case they lose their keys. Well, one guy was fishing off the coast of North Carolina and he was knocked over by a wave and he lost his keys. They floated 10 miles up the shore. I get a phone call from a lady at a yacht club who says, hey, we some fishermen found these keys on the beach. You know, we would love to get them back to the rightful owners. I call the guy. He was beside himself happy because he had lost a 100 pounds and his wedding ring didn't fit anymore. And his wedding ring was on that key ring. So he was totally ecstatic to get his keys back. But to prove that that program works, we include a copy of um, the newsletter article we wrote you know, back in like 08 or whatever when that happened. We took that letter, we took extra key tags, and we also um, affixed those key tags to a key light and we mailed them to every single media person in town. We had an intern go on to all the local newspapers, websites, TV, radio, make a list of every single person's name that they could find. And we just pre-assigned those key numbers to the name, just kept an Excel spreadsheet of it. And then did a mass mailing of like, you know, I don't know, 300, 350 of these key lights and key tags to everybody in the media with an additional letter that said, you know, we know that you guys are up all night catching the news. We really appreciate everything that you're doing to inform the city of what's going on and, you know, to warn us of, you know, things that are happening. We also know that you probably need legal commentary on a lot of these stories. So put this key tag on your keys if you have the need for legal commentary at any given point in time, call us 24 hours a day. We'll get you a quote. We'll get you, you know, you know, we'll send a lawyer down to your station, whatever. So it's, that was kind of our introduction to the media. And and of course they loved getting something that, you know, they could uh, have a takeaway for. So anyway, press releases, and then we do two community marketing events. We do bikes for kids during the summer and we do TPS proud during the school year. And we just primarily focus on those three things throughout the year. And we just don't kind of, we don't really do anything extra. We, I mean, outside of those three programs so that we can do these really, really well. Then we do a lot with client referrals and, you know, keeping our clients happy. So that's kind of our focus.
3: That's incredible, Annika. And I want to get into some of those programs in a little more depth in a second, but from a cost perspective, what's the cost difference between community-based marketing and traditional marketing? Because it sounds like you all have been doing this for quite a while, so you've probably tested a lot of different things. Uh, What's the cost difference like?
1: That's a fantastic question because it's always a good point or it's a good place for even maybe younger attorneys or attorneys who are just starting out or trying to watch their budgets. It's Community marketing is just so cheap compared to, I mean, TV advertising. For instance, I know that Toledo market is ex- extremely inexpensive compared to other like metropolitan areas. But I think when we priced it out, we could get a halfway decent amount of frequency On one big chance, I think it was like the CBS or the ABC affiliate here in town. And it was going to cost like maybe $5,000 a month, which is... And it wasn't even for um, a schedule that was that fantastic. So I think it was a 30-second spot with like a small, small handful of the prime news station time. Like there are the news spots plus, I don't know, maybe a hand... like some extra ones that run throughout the day, but that's a mediocre TV campaign for $5,000 a month. And we're not even going to touch any of the people that are already out there advertising all the time. So when we looked at it from a cost perspective, it's like, okay, $60,000 a year, or you can do bikes for kids for, I don't know, maybe the bikes are $200 and we do it for 10 weeks. So know $2,000, I'll explain the bikes, the whole bikes for kids process a little bit later, but It's very, very inexpensive. I mean, if you have a marketing director or even somebody in your office, you don't even have to have somebody full time. Even if you have somebody who's just interested in being involved in the community, it's really just manpower or, you know, hours, time to send the press releases and to, you know, for the TPS Proud Student and Teacher of the Month contest that we do during the school year, that's monthly gift cards. So it's it's very very inexpensive. I mean, I will say that we do take the time and effort and um, spend the money on a monthly newsletter because we have all this goodwill and all these wonderful stories and all of these, you know, amazing connections. But we, unless you have a place to talk about them, then it doesn't really make much sense. I mean, social media has been a fantastic medium for us, but the newsletter is also 100% pays for itself by like February or early March of every year. So we send out um, newsletters to 15,000 people a month. So as you can imagine, I mean, the postage, you could do the math, but it's 100% worth it. And it's always been um, something that our clients, but we always get a lot of feedback from our clients every month when we know that they hit mailboxes. So I know that's kind of a long-winded answer to your question, but it's it's very, very minuscule compared to traditional radio, TV, or even paid advertising or pay-per-click advertising, depending on the market that you're in.
2: So, Annika, you're talking about a physical newsletter. Is that right? Correct. Yep. Wow. Okay. And, and what do you, do you have a service that you use for that or do you guys do that um, in-house or how does that work?
1: Um, I write it in-house and then we have a graphic designer that lays everything out and um, takes care of the mailing for us. But we have a really great, extremely inexpensive, but high quality person that I would be happy to share with you guys
2: too. Awesome. I really like the idea of you guys sort of staking your claim in Toledo and differentiating yourself from, you said, the big guerrilla law firms that come from other markets. Do you have language that you use to sort of point out either subtly or overtly about how you guys really are in Toledo and everybody else are just a bunch of posers?
1: That's actually a good question too. We try to focus on our clients and focus on giving and focus on, you know, just everything except for us. So that message hasn't always been portrayed, but I think that people understand the underlying idea that Oh wait a second, this guy really does like really is from here. So we focus more on you know, Chuck was born and raised in Toledo, and that I know that that's not necessarily a prerequisite to be a hometown attorney. Like you don't necessarily have to grow up in the town that you practice in. But we kind of use that to our advantage. The fact that he he was born and raised here, he went to law school in Toledo. He went to undergrad, you know, 25 minutes outside of Toledo. You know, we've been practicing in Toledo. We are heavily involved in the schools because Chuck went to one of the um, high schools for TPS, Toledo Public Schools. So it's more focusing on the goodwill aspect of buying local, shopping local, eating local. So use a local attorney like Chuck. I think that connection of, you know, everybody understands that if they can, the economy will do much better if you choose to shop at Ace Hardware or like a local Ace Hardware versus Home Depot. So if we can make that connection for them and like show that it's also important for the services that they, you know, Need like like lawyers, then that kind of helps too. All
3: right, Annika, let's jump into a couple of the programs. I guess start with the TPS Proud program. Talk about what it is and how do you, how you do it.
1: Okay. So the way that we started TPS was Chuck goes to, or Chuck, he doesn't go anymore. I'm sure he wishes he did, but he went to Start High School in Toledo, Ohio. And Start is one of nine high schools in the Toledo Public Schools District. So we decided that we would start with Start. And we were trying to figure out a way to get involved, but we didn't want to just write them a check because that's usually one and done and nobody really cares too much about it. After that, the ink dries on the check. So we thought that maybe we could come up with some other way to interact with the students. And we came up with the idea of the student and teacher appreciation, like, or just that idea. And then we turned it into a student and teacher of the month contest. So, how it works is we go into the schools um, at the beginning of the month and we spend one day, one day's worth of lunch periods at the school. The videographer Josh Nagel and I go in and we set up a camera on a tripod and we announce to the students that they have a chance to win a $50 Visa gift card if they come up and tell us about a teacher that they appreciate. So it's we just tell them, hey guys, come on up. You can make a 20-second video about you know your favorite teacher and there'll be the opportunity to win $50 at the end of the month. So we asked these kids three things. One, what is it about that teacher that you like so much? Two, what is one thing that that teacher has taught you that will stick with you for the rest of your life? And three, if you could tell them one thing, what would it be? And I kind of have to preface this with the fact that TPS is, they're not doing well. Their graduation rates hover around 60, 65%. A lot of Toledo, there's a ton of poverty after the whole auto crisis in Detroit, we really felt it hit hard because we make so many of the car parts for Detroit that it was just, you know, things things aren't that great to right now. So TPS is in the news a lot for, you know, their, their schools are failing or, you know, these kids, TPS students are fighting each other or sadly even, I mean, there are some parts of the city that there's gun violence. I mean, not a lot, but every once in a while you, you'll hear about it. So No one ever has anything really nice to say about TPS, which is kind of sad because we've found a ton of stories within those walls that definitely need to be told. And that's, I think, what it's kind of morphed into. So we would go in, ask these kids to create 20-second videos, and we would come out with like, you know, 50, 60 videos of these kids saying wonderful things about their teachers. And if you can imagine, I mean, since budgets are always down and since these kids are not often, I mean, they're, you know, kind of unruly sometimes. A lot of these teachers, A, don't get the recognition that they deserve, but B, maybe they don't think that their students even care or pay attention. I mean, they're just trying so hard to get them to even graduate that, I don't know, I don't think that they ever think that there's a a strong connection. But, so we'll leave there. We have, you know, armed with 40 or 50 or 60, uh, depending on the school, videos of these kids saying wonderful things about their teachers. And these are like, teenagers, you know, who don't really give a crap about other people in general, what most people think, you know, they don't think the teenagers care about anyone but themselves. So we'll download um, all those or upload all those videos to YouTube, create a playlist, and then we would email them to the teachers and say, hey, teachers, these 50 kids had wonderful things to say about you. Will you please nominate any of your students for Teacher of the Month? Now, out of those videos that we filmed, we would pick one of those, like one of the teachers that was talked about to be the teacher of the month. And then the, the teachers are on the flip side are nominating students at the same time. So then we go into the school at the end of the month and we have the student who created the video about their teacher surprise that winning teacher with a $150 Visa gift card, like either in the classroom or some schools opt to do an assembly and then On that same visit, we have the teacher that nominated the student go into that student's classroom and surprise the student, and the student will win a $150 gift card. And then as a little bonus, the kid who created the video about that winning teacher will also give him or her a $50 Visa gift card as well. So $350 a month, drop in the bucket compared to the $5,000 that you could spend on TV. But what the takeaway is, oh, and we also have Josh come and film the whole thing, the surprise and everything. But you're really uplifting a, a kid who has a lot of things going against him and they probably don't get a lot of recognition at home. They're probably struggling as it is to even make it to school. You know. And then they, you hear the, the stories from the kids about the teachers and the teachers are like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that my, my students felt that way. I had one teacher tell me in tears, she was telling me that she was literally putting her two weeks in that afternoon, but she won like that morning. So it was just, I don't know, you're kind of showing people um, or you're giving them the chance to open up and maybe say the things that they truly feel deep inside, but they just don't know how to say it. So anyway, after we did this for two years at start, we went to the superintendent of Toledo Public Schools and I asked him if we could do it district-wide. And he kind of looked at me with a blank stare like, I mean, I guess, but there's no extra money, you know, like that's kind of what his eyes were telling me, like, I don't know how we're going to pay for this. And as soon as I told him that, you know, we'll cover all the costs, we'll cover the, the videographer, we'll cover the Visa gift cards, we'll, you know, manage it, run it, everything, we'll advertise for it. He was totally on board. So then we chose to do it at each like every month, we choose a different school, and since there's nine schools, it works out perfectly for the nine months of the school year. But we've gotten such great feedback, and we've just had really amazing stories. And we're coming up very soon, like this fall, we'll probably be hitting a thousand videos. So we want to do something really great for TPS and for the kids, and you know, we'll tell the media about it too. But we always choose the winners based on story, and not necessarily on you know financial need or whatever. I mean, it's very easy to choose on story for the TPS Proud program, but you know, a lot of times there's really newsworthy stories, so we tell, we send press releases, we tell the um, the media about it, and a lot of times they'll show up with a camera crew and they'll record the whole thing, and so the teachers are happy, or the principals are happy, and superintendents happy because finally somebody is reporting on TPS schools in a really positive light instead of a negative one.
2: I think this is tremendous. What a great, great campaign. I got a little teary-eyed when you were talking about the teacher who is going to quit and just the whole overall approach, the thing, the thing that I like about all the marketing that you do the most, and, and I really come to believe that this is true, is that you guys sort of get out of the way. You know, you're right. over on the side of things and the marketing is all about making heroes out of the students or the teachers or your clients. I just think that people are savvy enough that if they want to find Chuck Boyk after experiencing one of your campaigns, it's not too hard to find Chuck Boyk. So no one needs to be there. You know, like Chuck doesn't need to be there with a bullhorn at each teacher event. He's probably not even there at all for a lot of them. And it's just it's just a, a great example of lawyers needing to get out of the way, shutting their mouths and letting other people do their marketing for them.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I think, too, that, that what you just said proves the point that any attorney can do this, even if they are not like the touchy-feely type attorney. I've encountered some lawyers who are just like, well... You know, I'm just not like that. You know, I'd rather be at trial and and or beating up on, you know, some prosecutor. Like just you don't even have to have a marketing director do it. Have just, I don't know, the kindest paralegal in your office, and that would give them a great reason to, you know, get out of the office for a couple of hours once a month and make kids smile. You know, it would be it's not difficult to do and you don't have to be an attorney to do it.
2: Let's go ahead and talk about the bicycle campaign if you can explain that to our listeners, please.
1: Sure, of course. So we started Bikes for Kids in two thousand nine and we had just written a book called Little Kids Big Accidents. At the time it was all about child accidents and what to do and how to prevent them. So we were trying to figure out a good way to promote it, but again, we didn't want to talk about ourselves. So there was another firm somewhere that was they were giving out bicycle helmets and we decided to just take it a step further and give out bikes. And I called up a local bike shop and I said, Would you be willing to you know, sell the bikes to us at cost or, you know, just a little over cost. And I'm, I'm pretty sure we get them at cost. But we give out 10 bikes every summer and we give out one every week of summer for 10 weeks. And, um, you know, at first when we started it out, we, I think we paired with a local radio station and we produced a 15 second, I think we did a 15 second commercial first and we just told the radio station, like, hey, we're going to have stories of awesome kids who have done something not tremendous. you know. How many tremendous things can a seven-year-old do? Well, I've witnessed quite a few tremendous things that a seven-year-old can do, but we always tell everyone nominating. The point is like, they don't have to have done something extraordinary that changed the lives of a hundred people. They just need to have done something that has positively impacted, you know, their own circle of life. So, like, you know, their grandparents or their neighbors or whoever. So we're trying to celebrate just ordinary kids doing extraordinary things, and who are just keeping their heads down and and chugging along and maybe overcoming some adversity. Or, you know, just it's hard to be a kid, and I don't think a lot of people um, give kids enough credit. So we just wanted to figure out a way to celebrate them, I guess. Um, so people can visit our website. It's bikesforkidstoledo.com. All they have to do is tell us in 150 words or less what it is about that child that makes them deserving of a new bike. There's no financial uh, prerequisite at all. In fact, we don't choose based on on financial need whatsoever. Um, So we've gotten just tons of amazing stories of kids that have done awesome, awesome things. Now, the media portion of things is... You know, year one, we ch- we paired with a radio station. Year two, we decided to take it a little bit further than that and just asked TV stations. We're like, hey, we have these kids. They're doing great things. Uh, I know that you guys are always looking for positive things to report on instead of, you know, all the sad things that are happening in Rust Belt, Toledo, Ohio. So we just said, if you would be willing to run our commercials that we produce ourselves, with the help of our videographer, most stations will produce a, com- a commercial for you. If you just ask, they will do it for free. But we handed them a 15-second commercial and a 30-second commercial, asked them for free airtime, and they have so many uh, PSAs or public service announcements that they're supposed to run. So our commercials fell under PSAs. And a lot of the stations now, well, back then, they didn't really as much, but now they'll offer banner ads you know, or digital ads. So they give us free digital ads. They give us free airtime. And then we've also negotiated to have the child on some type of morning show. Like in this year's instance, it's WTOLs, which is a local CBS affiliate. There's a morning show called Your Day. It's sort of like a local Good Morning America. So we've negotiated to have the child on that show every week. And we've also reserved the right to send a press release out on the kid's story to all the other stations as well. So like I'll give you an example of how it works this year. We have two bike giveaways on Tuesdays at 2:30. We chose that day and time because it's the best news day, or I guess the slowest news time, so we it increases our chances of getting other reporters from the other stations there. And then we ask the parents and the nominators to keep it a surprise for the child. Child shows up, we get them on camera, and again, we have our videographer go everywhere with us. Like I can even explain that um, another time, but he does like mediation videos. He does virtually, captures virtually everything because I think everybody understands that video is so important. But videographer shows up. We film the child's like awesome, surprised face. And this year we even had some kids cry. I mean, like legitimately get all teary eyed because they've been so happy to win the spike. And I think too, you see more tears, not necessarily when they see the bicycle but when they hear the reason why they're nominated which is so awesome i love my job so we do the bike giveaway reporters get interviews with the kids our videographer gets interviews with the kids or chat you know with the kid and then the next day on WTOL we go on and the kid gets their very own you know 7 to 8 minute segment on what they did and um, why the nominator nominated them and it's it's usually the nominator and the child who's on TV and then I'll sit there too just to kind of help in case the kid gets a little camera shy. I tried to not be on one time and the producer was like, "No, you have to be there. You please please be there just because we can help, like I can help be a buffer in case the, the child forgets what to say or is just too shy to say anything." And then we also make sure to so like we send the press release out either Monday night or Tuesday morning, and almost every time we get the big three stations there because again we choose stories of kids that are are really newsworthy and we feel that are gonna are gonna connect with people. But the videographer Josh will send all of our footage, like all of his video footage, to every news station anyway. So like just in case, you know, if it's a busy news week or something, and a reporter from a certain uh, station can't be there, we still give them the footage and we, um, or if they ask for photographs, they'll send them photographs, but usually it's it's, um, video footage. That way we can have one more chance to get on the nightly news about that. So press release, kid shows up surprised by their bike, you know, everybody's all happy and teary-eyed. And then the next day we go on the news. So we have just tons of opportunities for photographs and for storytelling and for videos and for, you know, then you get the the links to all the media stuff too. And it's just, everybody feels good. You're making new friends on Facebook because of course you're going to befriend the nominator and the parents and, and they're going to share the video with their grandparents and they're going to share the video with their teachers and their aunts and uncles and cousins. So you can imagine the type of uh, attention it, it generates and all the goodwill and Things like that. I mean, I I know I posted as an example to the Facebook group about the um, the little girl who beat stage four neuroblastoma. I mean, you can't feel any better than that. And sharing it with the staff and sharing it with like the people in in your own circles, it just it has a very profound impact. And I know I'm getting a little teary-eyed because <laughs> I don't think that people really truly realize how every single person has the power to make a difference and it's just letting go of like insecurities and letting go of well you know maybe no excuse me maybe nobody's going to pay attention and maybe nobody cares and you know this program isn't going to make me any money and you know well what's the return on investment it's like stop thinking in terms of dollars and the dollars will flood in so I don't know, we just we just get such good feedback on it and it's it's made such a difference in in the firm and how people view us and how we are so now easily able to connect with anyone, like any type of client coming in, whether or not we've had experience with like their exact type of personal situation, you know, we've seen it all and so we've seen a lot of extra things because of the community marketing that we've decided to do and it's helped us to connect with our clients.
3: All right, Anika, you have provided a ton of great information, um, and I've got a lot of other questions. But you, you mentioned something that I really want to talk about now is you really talked about you know the giving back and people wanting to know what their return on investment is and all that. And I get the impression from listening to you and listening to Chuck, you all live by the go giver principles. So will you talk a little bit more about that? Because I, I get the impression you all really don't care about the ROI. You really more care more about giving back. So. Can you talk about the go-giver principles and how you all live by
1: them? So I think the mentality is, and Chuck has, I think he adopted this from Sammy Chong, who was a life coach out of Toronto. Fantastic, fantastic man. But he's always taught us to give without expecting anything in return. And I am 100% not suggesting that you just go out and you waste money and you not pay attention to you know where your calls are coming from and how money's coming in. And you know, you do have to pay somewhat of attention to it. So you don't, you know, just waste all your money. But I think that people are able to connect better when they realize that you are not in it for your own gain. Because everyone, like Chuck always says, you want to do business with people that you like and trust. And it's really hard to trust someone who's always talking about themselves. Because if you have to talk about yourself all the time to prove your worth, then it's hard to trust you and it might leave a bad taste in people's mouths because they don't necessarily know whether or not you're trying to prove something or whether or not like there's some sort of thing that you're worried about. Like maybe you're insecure about your own stuff. Like, I don't know. But I think that we've just always tried to focus on other people and it's allowed them to really, really believe in what we're trying to do because at the end of the day, I mean, we try to take care of people who have been injured in catastrophic, you know, events. And that is such a vulnerable time for people. They're not able to work. They have medical bills like crazy. You know, a lot of them are still stuck in the hospital or stuck in nursing stuck in nursing homes or, you know, they don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn. Their family doesn't know what to do. And if anything, the families have it even a little bit harder because they're trying to take care of all of the responsibilities and obligations that they have in their own households, plus take care of the injured person, plus take care of, you know, the unknown of what's going to happen six months down the road when I can't get back to work. So we are trying to make ourselves as approachable as possible, because we know how scary it is for people. And I mean, I hate to say this, but maybe we're, that's sort of another underlying theme is that we're trying to change this idea. But everybody's heard the ambulance chaser jokes you know they think that personal injury attorneys are I don't know just not genuine or they're just you know the media has made this bad too and you know movies and stuff the personal injury attorneys are only after money and we're trying to change that stigma because we don't want your case just so that we can make a huge you know 33 and a third percent fee we want your case because we want you to get back to health and the sooner that we can get you back to health, with the help of your doctors and the help of getting the insurance company to pay what they are, you know, that client is entitled to, the sooner that you can get out working, the sooner you can contribute to the community and the sooner that you can get your life back. Well, just think about it. If you fell on the street and you could not get up because you broke your ankle or something and you had one person walk by or another person walk by, a third person, maybe the third person's like, I'll help you up for five bucks. And then the fourth guy walks by and he's like, let me pick you up. Let me take you to the hospital or not necessarily take you to the hospital, but like, let me call your wife or whoever and, and actually gives you some help so that you can get on with your day. Who would you really want to call back? Would you want to call the guy that asked you for five bucks just to help you up? No, you're going to call guy number four because he's the one that, you know, helped you without expecting anything. So if this guy who, uh, this is a really bad analogy as I hear myself saying it, but so like, let's just say your friend falls on the sidewalk too, and he needs some help. Are you going to tell him to call the $5 guy? or Are you going to tell him to call the guy that helped without getting anything in return? So I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that, you know, the more and more we do this, the more friends that we make and the more, you know, people trust us and the more referrals will end up coming in. And that's where so much of our client base has been directed from is, is repeat referrals and repeat
2: clients. We're wrapping up today with Annika Gablowski. Annika, so much great practical information. Tyson and I always say this is the best podcast ever, but I think this was definitely the most practical podcast that we've had. I had two quick follow-up questions for you before we wrap up. One was, when you talk about the videos that you're doing for the students and the schools, do you have a separate YouTube channel? Are you are you sending people to your website? And then the other question was, tell us a little bit about the videographer, if you could.
1: His name is Josh Nagel, and he is fantastic. And he can just tell these stories through film that, I mean, everyone in the office, we always, you know, just get all teary-eyed every time we see his stuff. But Josh does a fantastic job, and he really has an eye for really pulling the emotion out of um, all the different situations now, I will say for the people who don't have a full-time videographer or maybe somebody who doesn't have a marketing director at all and they're like, wait, I have to get a marketing director and I have to get a videographer. This is going to cost me a fortune. You can easily do I mean, I've seen some awesome videos that he shot even from his iPhone. So, I mean, he is a professional videographer. He does have professional equipment, but I don't want anybody to think that it's a prerequisite for trying to do any of these programs. But having a videographer there or at least someone to capture what's going on is kind of the key that holds this whole thing together and really helps people on the outside visualize what's going on or, you know, why it works so well. And then, so we have a Charles Bicle Office's YouTube channel that we house everything on it. We have different playlists for different situations, you know, like In the News or Bikes for Kids or TPS Proud. But for the most part, what we'll do is embed those playlists on our site and then send everyone to our site to view everything. So like, for instance, when we film all these kids' videos, we give them a little paper card that says, to view your video, visit tpsproud.com. And then if they visit tpsproud.com, that goes to our site, and then they can view the videos that are embedded on our site already. So at the end of the day, I mean, all of these programs and all these marketing efforts, we always want to try to drive people back to our site because obviously more traffic, the better. Plus, there's another facet to the Bikes for Kids program that I didn't mention that we are trying so hard to get other businesses around us to help with nominations, which is a really easy, great way to get people to link to our website. So, you know, you have to go to Bikes for Kids Toledo, which is a URL that just forwards directly to our site. But, you know, how easy would that be to go to some businesses and just say, hey, will you please help us tell the stories of amazing kids and so we can give them a free bike? like who isn't going to link to our site, you know, because the more stories, the better. So that's kind of another way to get really reputable links from other places. And then Toledo Public Schools, of course, loves everything that we're doing. And they link to our site too, because they want to share on their website, everything, all the good things and all the good stories that are coming out of the the mouths of their kids.
3: All right, Annika, this has been incredible, but we do have to wrap it up. So I want to get to Jimmy's hack of the week. What do you got, Jimmy?
2: Icon this year, when you and I attended, I signed up for Appointment Core and it integrates with Infusionsoft. It's been fantastic for us as far as allowing people to schedule and reschedule things themselves. It's also eliminated the need for us to call and remind people about their appointments. So if you're not using online scheduling, Calendly or Appointment Core or one of the other ones, I really suggest it. It's just really cut down on a lot of our busy work and automated a lot of that stuff.
3: Yeah, I use Appointment Core as well. I, I do think it's really great. I think there's a lot of cool things you can use, with a lot of cool uh, tools you can use. And if people are, are this daring, they can even put it on their website and let people book appointments with you from the website. I'm not that daring, but there's definitely some great benefits from it. We're going to get to Annika's tip in a moment, but before I do, I want to remind everyone to go to iTunes gives a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Also, make sure you check us out on Facebook. Join our Facebook group. A lot of great interaction going on there. Anika provides a lot of good information and tips as well on the Facebook page. So Make sure you go there. But Anika, I understand that you have a tip of the week as well.
1: I do. So I think we all know. I'm so happy that you said the thing about the five-star reviews because I think we all know how important those are. And one way that we went to Virtually no reviews. To I don't know. I think we have like 150 some in less than a year. Is by having somebody. You know, every person that comes into your office, usually um, a check signing time or check pickup time, have them fill out a paper survey with very specific questions that will involve. Like any of their answers would make a great review, and I can share this with. I can share some examples with you guys um, to share on the Facebook page. But have them fill out a paper survey, ask questions that would evoke a really good review, and then. After they answer the last question, which is, do you mind if we make this into an online review? Ask them if they would be willing to pull out their phone and leave a review right from their phone. As long as they're not connected to the Wi-Fi, Google won't punish you or anything or penalize you or whatever. Have them pull up Google Maps, type in your law firm address, pull it up on Google Maps, and have them leave a five-star review right then and there. It has been so easy. You don't have to deal with links. You don't have to deal with you know, hounding them later or whatever. And nine times out of 10, people are more than happy to do it for you.
3: Monica, that's a lot really, really good information. For my tip of the week, previously I had talked about blogging from your phone. Um, that way you can provide good content. I actually just found over the weekend a WordPress app. And the, the WordPress app actually lets you post to multiple websites that you own that are, that are your domains. And you can add posts, you can add pages, whatever it may be. It's actually, and it also also allows you to track some of the data uh, viewers and visits to your uh, website and things like that. So I want to wrap it up for the week. Thank you very much Annika for all the help you've given me since Friday. Just, I mean, you've you've been very helpful. I really appreciate it getting my Bikes for Kids program going and I also just want to thank you for coming on the podcast. You provide a lot of, a lot of great information.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: There's nothing that Annika has talked about that is outside of any of our abilities. This is a total example of you know, real practical uh, hands-on things that we can do if you're not doing these things, it's only because you're choosing not to. There's nothing overly complicated, and it's it's an amazing set of programs, but it's something we all can implement. So let's get out there and do it.
3: Thank you, Annika. No problem. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye.
2: Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, more content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.